Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I am joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaft Nation. Hello, Oliver Davis. Doing a podcast intro for a change, considering we missed Fridays. Yeah, we got we just got um. What's our excuse? What did we do well, on Friday? Uh, we started recording the Patreon podcast, so we did like the first yeah. half of that, and then I needed to go because I had to go for the curry that I mentioned on the last podcast. Uh, and I only realised when I got onto the tube that we hadn't actually done it. We'd said we were going to do it because we recorded the actual episode on the thursday and then said oh it's all right we'll do the intro and outro on the friday and then we just forgot that was the least of our problems because that was the prediction show tlc uh i don't think people were going oh man i'm missing the podcast intro here i think they're going yeah but bray wyatt's out (laughs) and kurt angle's making his freaking return after 10 years and you lazy bastards aren't going all the way into the studio to re-record five minutes worth of footage you lazy lazy bastards that was some feedback not not the majority (laughs) of the feedback i uh i spent most of my saturday uh you know because i had you had that was the biggest news of the year Mm -hmm. arguably uh, like two biggest pieces of news of the year, this whole idea of the the backstage viral outbreak and Kurt Angle's return. So I had to do something. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to try this from home for once. I'm always very conscious about audio quality, though. And I positioned the camp, my phone, because it was all recorded on my phone, at different lengths away from my arm, went into different rooms. I thought, well, the bathroom sounds the best, but that's going to look weird, like I'm doing it when I'm on the can. Hmm. And... Uh, by the time it was all done and posted, I thought I could have, I should have just got into the studio. I think there would have been about half an hour in it, which I, you know, could have just gone to the studio. So, but you got to spend, got it up in the end. Got to spend it at home. And actually, that is uh, the first time I've seen your flat since you've had a bit of paint job, a paintwork yeah. done on it. I almost didn't recognise it because the last time I was there was Christmas last year because it was just after I'd got engaged uh-huh. and we recorded the old movie podcast in your flat. Mm. And it was just plain walls. And you and I have had conversations about paint since, but I haven't actually seen the fruits of your labour. Well, I can't take credit for that labour. That is my lady partner. And she got a real big kick out of it because the majority of the comments were, what a lovely home. What a nice home. Oh, I like the colour of that wall. Good paint job, Ollie. 
I'm like, I'm just blapping up all this praise and yeah. telling uh, Anna, my girlfriend. And she's like, that was my, I want you to put a comment. <laughs> do to make it, can you make it appear at the top? No, I can't, I can't do that. There's nothing called pinning <laughs> on, on YouTube comments. No, 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 do it, put it at the top, say, by the way, Anna decorated all of this, my girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to do that for the podcast oh, or the, I, uh, or the you video. You should have done. You're such a mean boyfriend. Yeah. Won't, you won't propose to her and you won't give her credit uh, for, for doing the decorating around the house. So it was my dad's birthday at the weekend as well. So we went for, for dinner, all of us. And uh, I joked about people thinking I was going to propose because four year anniversary trip to Paris. And my mum looked at me and went, I thought you were going to propose. no! I was like, no, mum. I wouldn't tell you. Would you? I don't know. I just I think I would. Maybe I wouldn't. What did you do? I didn't tell anyone. The only Not per- that you didn't even ask for permission. No, the only person I told was my best <laughs> man, and that's because he helped me pick out the ring. Mm. Um, I had, I nearly told you a couple of times, but then I decided not to, and I thought I'd leave it as a surprise uh, until I got back um, and told you on the podcast to great humorous effect mm. um so yeah no I didn't, I didn't tell anyone i wanted it to be and even actually when we got engaged very early in our trip to thailand like within the first couple of days we were there for two weeks so we just had it as our little secret for those two weeks so was it what day was it um so we got there saturday so maybe monday i would have I would have just done it on the plane, get it over with. Oh, yeah, there was a little bit. Cause, like, I had uh, the ring in my carry-on. Mm. I didn't want to put it in my suitcase because at least my carry-on is always there. Yeah. But then I didn't think about this until um, uh, until I got to the airport. They sometimes check your bags. They sometimes ask you to take everything mm. out of your bag. And I thought, well, I can't do that because then my lady partner will see the box. Oh, my God. But thankfully, they didn't check. But every now and again, like every few hours or so, I just have a panic and just have to reach in and grab a hold of it. Yeah. Um, the, the ring or the... Yeah, oh, yeah. and then, great, then, yeah, then yeah. I would look for the ring as well, yeah. Um, and then there were actually times when I uh, I had had it on my in my bag. I don't know why I didn't take it out of my bag when I got to the hotel. And then I would go to the, uh, the bathroom and then uh, my girlfriend would be like, oh, I'll get the card games out. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And then I'd go to the toilet and they're like, I've just left her alone with my bag that's got the bloody ring in it. So I was like, I have to get it done mm. soon. I was going to wait a little bit into the holiday, but I was like, I've got to get this done soon. Yeah, I think that's wise. I tell you what, some people who have written reviews said they don't like the wedding chat. <laughs> well, that's all we've got at the moment. That is the only topic of conversation. It's Luke's wedding this weekend. It is. It's, this co- it's, it's five days away. Yeah. Which is- I've seen a picture of Luke in his suit. Yes, I sent and you one. Out of his suit. <laughs> That's because I sent a picture around. I got into my suit, tried it on. It fits like a glove. Mm-hmm. Tried my shoes on uh, and my, my tie, my little pocket square. Uh, and everything was feeling good. Shoes. The shoes are Converse trainers, people. Very classy Converse trainers. Yeah, I'm. my mother is mortified. She's not very happy about it, but um, I don't really care. Luke is a huge... David Tennant from Doctor Who. <laughs> Apparently so. I didn't know this was a thing until you pointed it out. You, I, I said because we're wearing bow ties and Converse trainers with our suits, and you went, well, "This is very uh, David Tennant." And I was like, "Why? What's that?" And you said, "Well, that was that what's was a, his... what's a David Tennant?" And you were like, "Well, that was his thing on Doctor Who is that yeah. he had bow ties and Converse." Oh well, let's get into some uh, iTunes reviews, and then we will seamlessly transition into the actual podcast. Uh, I'm, I've lost my... I'm looking at it. I'm hoping... Which one was it that we were at to? Uh, there's that one, one there. There we go. Nando number nine writes... You Nando? No, I've got Nandun. Nandun nine also yep. could have been it. Nando ne 
nine. <laughs> awesome. Every day I refresh my podcast app to see whether a new episode of Wrestle Ramble is on. I never get tired of Ollie and Luke talking about wrestling. Best wrestling show out there, hands down. I highly recommend it. Lovely stuff. Cheers. To, to save you some time there, Nandan, I would just refresh it on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Saturday. Yes. Yeah. Because that's when they're released. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it when uh, around 7pm on a Monday, is there going to be a Wrestle Ramble today? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Like, there has been for the, for the last, last four months. Yeah, usually. Although last week we did, it did go up late, so uh, yeah. uh, there there is reason. Garfield Eddie writes, a podcast for the ages. Ollie and Luke put on a masterclass in banter, ramble, and legitimate wrestling opinions. They are slaying all other podcasts to become king. Ooh, King Slayer. Keep it up, lads. Cracking show all round. Thanks, Cheers, Garfield, Garfield Eddie. I love Garfield. Uh, big fan of Garfield comic strips. My favourite parody of Garfield comic strips are um, uh, Garfield without Garfield. Mm. Love that. Very funny. I feel like you should explain that. Because uh, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, so Garfield without Garfield. You just sound like a madman. Well, which ties into mm-hmm. uh, Garfield without Garfield. If you just Google it, it's essentially comic, all famous Garfield comic strips, but they take Garfield out of it. So it just looks like John is losing his mind and talking to empty tra- like, empty litter trays uh, or, just, or just empty nothingness. That's how I feel most of the time in the podcast. <laughs> Let's get into the show. What you got there, mate? Oh, sorry. I've, I've uh, just got this cool new magazine that's uh, that's available now on the internet. It does look cool. That looks to me like forty-eight pages of full-color wrestling brilliance. It it really, really is. I'm just reading here a fascinating uh, uh, article here about the Dreamer Match Principle. Quite timely, given the AJ Styles versus Finn Balor match mm. from last night's TLC pay-per-view. Don't know if you were uh, here to talk about that. And there's also a very, very cool article uh, by some chap named Ollie Davis. That's me. That is you. Yes. Uh, going to a, um, uh, let's see, living out every wrestling fan's uh, childhood fantasy, Ollie Davis and Luke Owen, that's me, visit the goodyfieldwrestlingshop.co.uk warehouse in Middlesex on a toy hunt. What? And there's a picture of you. There is. There's a picture of me. What? A- but you know what? I get a little bit. I don't want to read all the time. Mm. I consume most of my media in a visual format. Uh, is there any way I can get around that? Because this looks like a lot of text, a lot of quality text. Well, let me find out. Well, would you look at this? I mean, there's a, a review here of unreleased, never-before-seen matches from 1986-1995. That's a WWE mm. release. And although there's a lot of text here written by a, a very talented writer, there's also an audio version of it available. Are I, you kidding me? I can just scan this thing called a QR code. And that will allow me to listen to it in an audio format, read by uh, what I imagine to be a very handsome man. Hot damn. That was me. Actually, it was me. I think I I read that one. I read. Oh, yes, you did read that one. You did read a few of them. Uh, An interview with Diamond Dallas Page. This is, I'm not even joking around. This is actually a very good magazine. Mm. And I haven't read it all yet, but uh, I'm working my way through it. There's a lot there to get through. Um, after that completely seamless and natural reading of just a magazine that yep. was randomly there. Just just so happened to be in the studios so I came in. There. Yeah, yeah. Shall we, shall we get on with the review? Yeah. TLC 2017 kicked off with the kickoff show, as always. And Sasha Banks... Actually, should we talk about that or should we just... we t- You know, there's the elephant in the room first. Of, <laughs> of all the things that happened leading up to this pay-per-view. 
what would that? Oh, uh, you mean the uh, changes to the card? Yeah, the yeah, slight, yeah, the slight tweaks. change. Okay. Slight tweaks. So, card subject to change. So, where were you on Friday night? I was watching the death of Stalin yeah. in a in a cinema, and it was ve- it was a very good movie. I come out and I get a text saying, "Oh, you might want to record another news." I was like, "What's happened? Come on!" As Austin, because famous Friday stories, because WWE tend to release people on Fridays, so you, you can bury the bad news over the weekend. It's an old PR trick, and I thought Neville's been released. Hmm. And maybe it was quite traumatic. I, I was not prepared for Roman Reigns being pulled from the main event and in his place being Kurt Angle's WWE in-ring return for the first time in 11 years. Plus, you know, a lot less down than that is uh, Bray Wyatt also being pulled, replaced by AJ Styles to face Finn Balor. I was not expecting either. I was out having a curry. Mm. Uh, as podcast listeners will know, I was out having a curry with my uh, my father and my future father-in-law um a week before the wedding and my phone kept buzzing and i was like what the hell's my phone buzzing about I'm so popular I, and that's what i thought i was like something clearly has happened i'll check that when i uh mm. go to the use the, the lavatory at one point after a few pints i did go to use the lavatory went to check my phone and i was like uh, and uh, my uh, friend grev had messaged me going like you might want to look at this grev yes that's not a name it is well it's a, it's a nickname for him what What's Grev mean? Well, it's because it's, it's a shortened version of his last name. Oh, okay. Um, and so Grev had messaged me. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, it was a bloody news story that said Kurt Angle was returning to a WWE ring. And I was... I, it's one of those news stories you read and you're like, hmm, has this been reported like Wrestling News World or something? Mm. Or like PW Mania? And then, no, it was reported by WWE.com. Yeah, it was an announcement. And then it was like via ESPN that they did follow-up announcements on this this viral outbreak that has caused Roman Reigns and uh, Bray Wyatt at least to be pulled. Mm. And uh, so how did you feel upon reading the news? Um, I was disappointed because I, something like Kurt Angle's in-ring return mm. or AJ Styles versus Finn Balor, I was like, that's stuff that you should be you're building up to. Like, I wanted to like have a month where I was excited that Kurt Angle was going to have his first match yeah. back in WWE or have a month to be really excited about Finn Balor. The, the former leaders of the Bullet Club finally colliding in the ring because it literally was their first mm. match ever. And so I, wa- I wanted to be able to be like excited for those things. And I couldn't really be excited because the news had been dropped very late on me. I was out having a curry, which means I didn't really think about it after I'd read the news. And then Saturday, I was so busy doing other stuff that on Sunday, I was like, oh, yeah, that's tonight. And I, I'd have rather have had like the lead in to be excited about it. I, I agree. I read it and I was just like, what? And then I was like, oh, AJ's Finn's going to be a really good match. And then I went, what? Ah, oh, Kurt Angle. Like, that's the real that's the real uh, punch in the gut, isn't it? Because yeah. they've held off on him for so long when they've had at least one very natural opportunity to transition him into an in-ring role with the whole Jason Jordan mystery scandal thing being revealed. Uh, and they didn't take it, but now they've. It seems like a panic move, but a totally understandable panic. This is it's tough to criticise them too much because they're in a terrible situation. Well, well really he, bad situation. Here's what I would say, and Dave Meltzer said this over the weekend as well. And I completely 100% agree with him. You and I give WWE quite a lot of um, stick sometimes. Mm. You know, we we kind of mock their creative. We kind of mock some of their business choices. Kind of like you know, dig the knife in a little bit in a jovial manner, but credit where credit is due they were in a really tough situation where they'd lost uh, Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt and they were like 
it's two days before a pay-per-view it's it's too late to announce anything on television so we've got to try and make the best of this bad situation don't want to let the fans down so rather than we can't give you a shield reunion we'll give you Kurt Angle's in-ring return mm. as a way to you know for the paying audience that's gone there to see a shield reunion rather than just throw someone else into the mix so any yell any someone else from the raw roster it was like no here's something huge um oh we've you've lost one of our marquee matches which no one really wanted to see which was uh finn battle demon balor yeah. versus sister abigail we're like okay we can't give you that but we are going to give you the dream match of finn balor versus aj mm. stars and his replacement and because then kevin owens has also been taken off the smackdown house show tour in south america for personal family reasons they put triple h in his spot it's like oh mm. sorry we can't give you AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, but we can give you Triple H returning to the ring for the first time since WrestleMania. It, like, those are huge things. That's, and I, I think credit to WWE for, for like, looking out for, for their fans. I think, yeah, credit to WWE, but uh, because, yeah, for the live... It's it's more of a live yeah, ticket. Yeah, that, that, it's a live ticket thing. Yeah, for like for the for the viewing audience and for storytelling purposes, mm. then it's it's really poor. But in terms of looking after your live audience, because I, I when Seth Rollins got injured on the UK tour um, when he buckled his knee buckled when doing the thing to Kane. Uh, my friend was at this show they did after that where they didn't have Rollins anymore, and it was just like, oh, we haven't really got we haven't got a top star to put out there, and they had couldn't come up with anything adequate mm. for that. So he went to a house show that was headlined by Kane versus Big Show. Nice. And he said, and he goes, I goes, everyone left. Because who wants to watch Kane versus Big Show? I think it was like 20, uh, 2014 or whatever it was. Who wants to watch that in 2015? Mm. Uh, and then when I went to the show in the house show, it was the following night in London. They'd flown in Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens, um, like, you know, early, because they were on the other tour, to be like, hey, sorry we haven't got Seth Rollins, but here! I, I totally get that you, you know, a lot of people did pay to go and see the Shield reunion specifically for everyone. Where was it? It was in uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Here's. Uh, Here's Kurt Angle's return as a as a side thing, but I I still and it was it just no it doesn't sit right with me actually I yep. think it's of it's a like for like switch but it's a like for like to the detriment of oh, future storytelling absolutely and, yeah and especially if it was in Minneapolis which is where is that is that Minnesota it's Minnesota yeah. well why Brock Lesnar's a hometown boy then yeah so why not add so I just off the top of my head as soon as I saw because I read Roman Reigns had been pulled first. So before I saw the Kurt Angle thing, my immediate thoughts were Samoa Joe, but that isn't really a big thing. Okay, Brock Lesnar. And that makes even more sense, being the hometown boy. Or Triple H. I, d I wouldn't spunk the Kurt Angle's return like that, especially if you've got Finn Balor versus AJ Styles underneath. I think that is enough of a, a treat um, to get around that. Because AJ Styles, big deal on the SmackDown roster. I think they went... They went too far yeah. to compensate. Yeah, no, for it. I, I agree. And I, it really is short-sighted because that's some, that's a big four match. At the end of the day, I know a lot of people bought tickets, but it is just TLC. It's a B pay-per-view show, but and, Sur and Survivor Series is four weeks away. And I assume the reason Kurt was cleared so quickly to wrestle is because he has been cleared to wrestle because maybe they were planning him to be at Survivor Series, a match which no longer will have the same impact because we've seen Kurt do some cosplay as the Shield. Yeah, I I'd reckon, like, as soon as I saw the news, I was like, oh, clearly Kurt Angle was meant to have his in-ring return at Survivor Series, mm -hmm. probably as part of the Raw v SmackDown 5v5 thing that they're doing. So I suppose in a way that this storyline kind of does lead into that a little bit, but I agree. 
like I, as I said, I wanted to be excited for Kurt Angle's in-ring return to WWE in eleven years, but I didn't get that chance to be excited. So that sort of things I, I, is disappointing. But I, you know, as I said, I wanted to give credit to WWE for for really going out of their way to ruin future storylines in order to appease the live audience. Yeah, it's it's you damned if you do and you damned, damned if, if you, you don't. don't. Exactly. Uh, but I would have preferred. The damned if they don't. <laughs> uh, so Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox had the kickoff match, uh, the kickoff show match, which you you watched with great I, interest I watched, and fervor, didn't you? I did. I took uh, lots of notes. This mm. entire book here full of is filled with notes just about the Sasha Banks Alicia Fox match. But like my my writing's a bit scratchy. So oh, you, you can't make no, that. I can't, I can't you didn't read. watch the match, people. He does not care about the pre-show. It's so long. Yeah, it is. Uh, but you know. Usos versus New Day happened on the summer. Yeah, but that's a bit different. That's the new. That's the Usos versus the New Day. Play. Sasha I've, Banks I've and seen, Fox. I feel like I've seen this match twenty times this year alone. Yeah, and, and it's can, always ended the same way with a Banks tap out. They continued the lineage of Sasha Banks and Alicia Fox uh, pinning mishaps or tapping mishaps, where Alicia Fox pinned Sasha on the outside. That was because you showed me this clip, mm. and it is very very funny. And I said to you, I was like, that is just, that's force of habit. That is someone who has done that spot on house shows because you're always doing the same match on house shows, no matter where you are, just tour that same match around the country. And in every time, your instinct has gone for the backbreaker, pin. So her instant body reaction was like a backbreaker, got to do the pin. And then realised, oh no, I'm outside the ring, don't do that. Yeah, or Sasha Banks just kicked out. Yeah. It seemed like she, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, mistakes happen. It's just mistakes seem to happen more with Alicia Fox. And I like Alicia Fox. Uh, she's great at being screamy annoying. And her northern light suplex really is something to behold. But yeah, she's a 10-year veteran. No one else makes mistakes like this. No, not really, after 10 years, her, no. Her, uh, with her experience. No. But this was actually a pretty decent match. It was a solid bout. I thought it was perfectly fine. and But, you know, just utterly pointless. Mm-hmm. So what can you do to get invested or excited about it? Yeah. The... The main show uh, opening match, however, had a lot of, I guess, intrigue going into it, which was Asuka's debut against Emma. Oh, by the way, we both correctly predicted Banks for the yeah. previous match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opening the show, Asuka's debut. Absolutely, yeah. In I wasn't what, happy. In what Michael Cole called the uh, Emma's biggest match of her career. A match that she's already had yeah. at NXT TakeOver London. And that was the thing that kind of uh, irked me a little bit. It's like, I really hate that... Like, WWE have this thing where NXT does exist in the WWE universe because people come up from NXT. But oftentimes, NXT stuff is just kind of like, that's you're being told you don't worry about that. Mm. Some NXT stuff, like Asuka being undefeated champion, you're supposed to remember that. But Asuka having a match with Emma, you're not supposed to remember that because they don't talk about that bit. Despite the fact you can go and watch it on the network, it's part of the Asuka collection. Um, but yeah, so like, I don't know why they don't just do things like that to kind of like build this match up. Emma wants to get her revenge from losing to her in London. Something like that. Just turn it into a character thing. But they just, they, they tend to try and ignore it. Yeah. And just, I mean, this is where, because it was the main show, the commentary was going to be a problem from the get go. I just, something about the whole show, uh, the commentary really rubbed me the wrong way. When Asuka came out. Michael, you know, Michael Cole said that. He also said in the match, oh, maybe Asuka's trying to adapt to the WWE style after coming here from elsewhere. So we know she's been in NXT in WWE for over a year. It's just infuriating stuff. 
Uh, Michael Cole also at one point said, um, Asuka is all about entertaining. No, she's not. She's all about kicking people's heads off and winning championships. Mm, I was expecting more for the entrance as well, especially because she's a Triple H project. Triple H is very on it when it comes to entrances. But I guess maybe he was down in South America uh, and Kevin Dunn was in <laughs> control of the production. But yeah, it was just, it was just lights down, Asuka... Pick, uh, mask on the Titan Tron, and then she came out just as normal with her big robe. Mm-hmm. I was just um, so yeah. It was. I mean, there's that's the least of the worries here. This the second up for me is that I really would have preferred this to be the second to last match on the show, so you can you can anticipate it all night. Mm-hmm. When having the opening match does affect things from a structure standpoint. It is. It does feel bigger the closer to the end of the card it is. Uh, and finally, this although I think they had a pretty decent match, I, I enjoyed this match. I was also shaking my head throughout, thinking, "But this isn't the match they should be having." Do you know what's funny? Because so to look at the positives briefly, she got a superstar reaction. Mm. She got a huge pop when she came out, and I was like, "That's good," because not all, of, not every person in this audience watches NXT. So the build that they have done on Raw on TV has worked because she got a superstar reaction when she came out. People knew that she was a big deal. That's a thumbs up. Other thumbs up, I really enjoyed the match as well. I thought it was a mm. very, very good match. Um, Asuka As- always seemed in control as yep, well. Asuka just looked great throughout. I love her strikes. She just she oozes charisma. She's just an instant star. So, yay. Lots of, some thumbs up around there. Downsides, obviously. Uh, as we kind of talked about last week, this is not the way to debut mm. Asuka. Emma is not really seen as competition on the, the Raw women's roster. So her having a match with Emma that was kind of like toe-to-toe at times isn't really that great. And you know what's disappointing as well is that I actually... I've been watching the Asuka collection on the network this morning, and I saw uh, they had her debut match on that, which was against Dana Brooke. Mm. And it's awesome. Because Asuka's just seems so quick, she's just completely dominating the entire thing. Dana Brooke gets a little bit of offense in, but Asuka just takes the match. But she looks and feels and presents herself so differently to anything else, and the crowd are just going absolutely nuts. Here, they didn't do anything to present her as anything special. She was mm. just, she's another woman on the roster now. Yeah. Cheer her if you want. She, like, she didn't get to do any of her really like special stuff. Like any of her like transitions while doing submission moves or things like that, which I found a bit disappointing. It wasn't a great presentation of Asuka. Mm. Cue the comment already ruined. Um, the other thing, actually, that I, I did want to uh, make note of, if I was the agent of this match, I would have specifically told Asuka, don't do the ankle lock. Yes, I thought that I know, when I, she got it on. I know the ankle lock's part yeah. of your repertoire. Don't do it on this night of all nights because Kurt Angle is making his big return. Mm. That's his thing. Like, no one's going to pop for you doing the ankle lock yeah. because they're going to pop for Kurt Angle doing it later on. Well, I guess there's an argument to be it's a homage to the guy at the end. But of no the one night. reacted but to I, it. Yeah I, I would, yeah, I wouldn't have put it in there. No. It was just, uh, yeah, she. It, it really did feel like Asuka's on Raw now in the worst possible way. Is yeah. In like, Asuka is... We're not saying she's ruined. Far from it. It's just she has not come out of the gate running like you would want her to do. Do you know what the, the daft thing is as well? They're having this rematch tonight on Raw. They're doing Are Asuka, they doing a rematch? They're doing Asuka v Emma again tonight on Fantastic. Raw. And I guarantee you that'll be a squash match. Mm. And it's the, they did it with Alistair Black in NXT. It's what I said last week. Alistair Black's first match in NXT was a toe-to-toe match with Andrade Cien Almas. 
So it was just like, oh, so he's just another lad that's on the roster then. And then ever since then, he's had nothing but squash matches and made himself look like a star. Yeah. I was like, well, why didn't you do that the first time round? Yeah, it's like, and it, it sort of mirrors Bobby Roode over on SmackDown, yeah. who hasn't, who really should be beating people right out the, you know, in two minute matches. But what happened was he was having, he was being dominated by Mike Canellis for two minutes, hits a glorious DDT and wins. It's like, that's not the way to get these people over. No. Uh, and like, Emma is incredible opposition. Yeah, I, I get that she's been put in the five way and then she won a match to get this opportunity. But it's but- not going to take away the. That over a year, well, ever since Emma's been on the main roster, of her being a, a not in the mix for the title and being beaten all the time. Her gimmick was she couldn't get on TV. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag give Emma a chance, whatever. Interesting to note as well that it's, it was her very first singles pay-per-view match. Ever. Ever. That is insane. That's insane. She's been on the main roster for like three years or so now. And maybe two no I'm, no, I'm pretty sure I was, was it at, longer? It was longer than that because I was in my old, old, old job. Uh, Wasn't which, she I, a brand split call-up? I don't know. 2014, I think. She started coming out oh, with wow. um, signs in that first when she was her goofy baby face mm. dancing oh, one. Because she was with Santino. Yes. Oh, my word. When she has were... been up a long time. Yeah. First, first singles match on pay-per-view Jeez. here in 2017. So next up, we had Cedric Alexander oh, and Rich no. Swan. First up, we had oh, Elias. Yes. I, I, I moved all those into one, but you're right. Next up, it was Elias doing a great, he's great stuff on the guitar, getting mega heat from the crowd. A great crowd throughout the night, by the yeah. way. Yeah, so he goes to start playing his song and then Jason Jordan comes out and just starts throwing veg at him. So when the first bit of veg came at him, I thought, that's legit. Someone from the crowd's just thrown a vegetable at him. It was like a cabbage or a yeah. piece of lettuce. I thought, this is amazing. This is like Puerto Rico. This is <laughs> this is the 80s. Kayfabe's alive and well. And then, uh, no, it was Jason Jordan with yeah. a shopping trolley with a big goofy grin on his face just throwing stuff. And it was... It was cute, but it was also rubbish, wasn't it? It was there to set up their buffer match mm. later on. Um probably didn't need this much setting up i'd have actually rather you'd um dedicate some more of this time to other matches particularly yeah. the, the cruiserweight tag match we're about to discuss here uh but you know it was a way to set up a, a buffer match and you gotta give them some credit for that i suppose at least trying what um what i really liked about it is that when the the letters or whatever it was first hit elias there was a huge crowd pop because i think the crowd thought as well because it was just a spotlight on elias you couldn't see around him really until the lights came up a bit more Oh, someone just chucked a bit of veg at him. That's amazing, like I did. And then they saw Jason Jordan, and there was a mutt, like there was no pop for Jason Jordan. So I thought that lettuce is more over than Jason Jordan. Poor old Jason Jordan, yeah. and he's wearing tights that have the same color as lettuce as well. You'd think that'd help him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that just well, that's a nice segue because Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan also had matching green ring attire. Uh, and they See, beat... it's, it's not that hard, Dean and Seth. It can be done. They're not even a tag team. Uh, they beat Jack Gallagher and the Brian Kendrick, which uh, was the only match we got wrong in our predictions. Which was hilarious because when I was watching that show this morning and Cedric got the pin, mm. I was like, yeah, my prediction was right. Thinking that that's who I'd picked. I thought this was a really good match. I thought this was yeah. a great match. I really enjoyed this. This is something I've even written here. Why don't they do this on Raw? Mm. Why do you save this stuff for 205 Live and pay-per-views that less people see? Because when the Cruiserweights came out, no reaction for any of the four men. Mild pops, 
nothing really. Just cheering because there are people coming out to do a match. Within 30 seconds, 40 seconds, they turned it around yeah. and the crowd was super into it. But so if you do this on Raw when you've got a wide audience and actually turn them into something that's not to be mm. ignored, have these have these great matches. When they then come out, people will be into the matches from the get go and they don't have to work to get people behind them. That's I, I feel like it's that meme where you, uh, they're in the office, in like a Japanese anime office, and someone suggests something ridiculous, uh, someone else suggests something ridiculous, and then you suggest that as a sensible thing, and you're thrown out the window. It's that meme template. Uh, the, the Jack Gallagher has different entrance music. At long last. He's changed it up, so maybe Sami Zayn will be next. I So it was a great match, but Cedric Alexander's comeback was brilliant. Superb. Loved you know, it. That that sort of back elbow he does, yeah. when it, and it hit. Gallagher perfectly and but really I think the main standout of this was Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness on commentary because they actually talked about the match and strategy Nigel is so good at giving insights into what's actually happening in the wrestling part of the ring Vic Joseph actually has credibility because he's a fresh voice and he, he doesn't feel like Tom Phillips and Michael Cole uh, and having them two here and watching WCW Halloween Havoc from 98 with Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby Heenan, this is what I did on my Sunday, really exposes how awful Michael Cole and Booker T are on commentary. Booker Corey Graves does his best. Booker T had a bad night here. But the, it, it, it's funny you mentioned the Vic Joseph, uh, Nigel McGuinness thing. When JBL stepped down from doing commentary, they instantly were just like, I will just put Corey Graves on there. Like, he already does Raw, but we'll have him do SmackDown mm. as well. And I'm like... I mean, Nigel's there because he does the 205 live commentary. So yeah. like, wouldn't that have been great to have given Nigel that chance instead? Also keeps different voices on different shows. That'd be a good thing. And then when um, Tom Phillips uh, was on assignment mm -hmm. last week and you didn't even didn't even realize, why did you fly in Michael Cole? Why didn't you have Vic Joseph step up? Just to give them a chance, give them an opportunity. Mm. You know, if they fail, they Just fail. Just for one week. Just yeah, for one week. Bit of they, experience. they fail, they fail, but it's good experience for them. Um, next up, we have Alexa Bliss successfully defending her title against Mickey James, something we both correctly predicted again. I also really enjoyed this match. I thought it was a good match, yeah. You and I, I mean, my, me in particular, I feel, have been very harsh on these two as a pairing because ever since they started their sort of feud, we saw it in London, but they'd had it on SmackDown as well. They just never really clicked in their matches. Perhaps mm. they weren't given the time, perhaps they didn't have the story going into it. But they never really had good matches. It was always a bit sloppy, a bit over the show. This was great. This might, this is probably like you know my second or third favorite match on the whole show. Oh, I, really? I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, how would you rank the show then? Um, AJ Finn mm -hmm. main event. This. I'd probably get. I mean, I'm gonna get a. I'd probably go AJ Finn. Uh, the no, yeah, the main event. Then the cruiserweight tag. Then the Cruiserweight Championship match. I'm going to get a lot of flag, but I'm going to defend that later. And then this, yeah. I guess. Well, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Well, actually, Asuka and Emma, like, but that wasn't the match I wanted to see. But yeah. technically, it might be a better match. I've literally written in my notes here, these two have finally clicked. And I loved, like, the... Uh, <laughs> so they had a spot right at the start of the match when... Alexa Bliss does her thing where she like get, intimidates people in the face and then as soon as they step up she runs away to the ropes and kind of like hides herself within the ropes mm. and she just smacked her on the ass as hard as she could and that sound echoed throughout the arena and Alexa's face when she did it was so good what a great reaction what a great like what a great actor 
I bet you love that. I, d- I thought it was so. I thought it was her Mickey reaction. James spanking Alexa Bliss. <laughs> I what? Well, I mean, that's more your th- unless you're spanking her lips. I think would be the one you'd spanking probably get. Spanking her lips. <laughs> like a punch to the face. I'm not into that. It's horrible. Um, but I just thought it was a a great. I thought it was a great spot in the match, and it tied into all the the biscuit mm. butt stuff that they've been doing previously. Alexa Bliss had a promo beforehand where she was like, "I don't know what that means. My butt is cute. It's a baby face butt. It's always going <laughs> to get a pop." I. Uh, yeah, they were they were trying to make baby face butt happen. It but happened. You mean you mean biscuit butt? Biscuit baby face butt, baby face butt, <laughs> baby face butt. Yeah, biscuit <laughs> That's butt a happened. Crap gimmick for the mm. roster. And uh, yeah, because they they did get the crowd chanting it very briefly, but I think because nobody really knows what it means. Yeah. That no one's jumped onto it as we googled. It's a compliment. Yeah. It's like a nice pert butt. Yeah. So why would Mickey James say that as a as a insult? The uh, so my thoughts on this bit were that it didn't just tie into the biscuit butt thing. It is a brilliantly demeaning move from a woman who's been portrayed as old and called old to the 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 girl. So this is like I'm the veteran here. Spank you for being naughty. And I just, I yeah, I thought that told a really nice story, multi-layered story as well. And as well to kind of like compare that to how that spot would have been had it been done, nay, five years ago. Mm. There were spots in women's matches where they used to do this a lot, but it would be like over the knee, gratuitously spanking to be, and and that would be a point to be like, hey lads, hey spanking ass, mm. eh? hey, hey lads, lads, lads. Here it was a a spot that tied into a wider story, much yes. much better. I really enjoyed this match. There should be more spanking butt bits <laughs> that are tied into a larger story, is what we're trying to say. Don't get rid of the spanking butt stuff. Just make it make sense logically. And these two, like they did, like the the the, the fist, the flying fist that got down onto their knees. They carried on like just wailing on each other. Mm-hmm. They did a fantastic sort of like uh, double crossbody spot. There was just some really really great stuff in this. And Mickey James did a very good job selling the shoulder. Mm. Uh, she was, I think, she was thrown down off the turnbuckle by Bliss to injure it in quotes. And then that played into how she uh, she she got pinned for the finish. So you know, Mickey James is like, oh, maybe you could. I'm. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch because you've got that out for a clean victory there and we're still into the feud. The crowd did get bored. Oh, God, yeah. There was like the boo last you, minute. Minneapolis. Not, I shouldn't say all of you, but some of you. Boo you. The last minute, uh, which it was really close to the end uh, because it was in the finishing sequence, the crowd started chanting, we want takes. Yeah, I was really, really disappointed by that because I, I thought they, they were having a really good match and they didn't really deserve that treatment. Um, Mickey James, apparently on the pre-show or the kickoff show, whatever you want to call it these days, um, was talking, like she was doing a promo where she was highlighting the fact that she's not actually that old yeah, yeah. and that there are other women and men on the roster that are older than her. So like why has she been mm. considered old and actually in the commentary they were they don't weren't really playing up on the mickey is old and they've kind of like cleverly turned it around into it's almost as if like they've only just realized and be like oh god that doesn't make a lot of sense ah but what if it's just alexa bliss that thinks that and everyone mm. else knows that she's wrong i think yeah i just think it shouldn't be alluded to at all really it just it just makes everyone look uh, you, d- you don't really want to know the age, do you? You just want them to all exist as these superheroes. Like, I don't know Batman's age. I don't like, know Superman's age either. Like, Asuka's, like, not much younger than uh, Mickey James. Mm. And yet she's presented as, like, this young and up-and-comer. Yeah. Very weird. Uh, they also had a promo for Survivor Series and announced that it is Raw v Smackdown this year. So mm. all of our plans, all the, the fantasy booking that we've been doing, not just in the fantasy booking warfare, but kind of in discussions like Team Shane versus Team Kevin, Team Shield versus Team Miz. 
Nope, just looks like it's going to be Raw v SmackDown. <laughs> I guess it, it could just be the theme of the pay-per-view. You could still have a few grudge match bits in there. Uh, there was also a very good promo in the ring. Oh, yeah, uh, Directly yeah, yeah. following the match. Uh, Charlie Caruso, I think it was. Generic WWE robot interviewer number something. You have had a match. What would you like to say about it? Mickey said that, she, you know, she was just like... I, I hope uh, I get the chance to have another go at the WWE Women's Raw Women's Championship. And yeah, she, you know, it seemed really good. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, you're being built up as fodder for Asuka. That's all this is. This is all so you can lose to Asuka in like a, you're probably Asuka's first credible opponent thing. Mm. So maybe that's a, that's my prediction anyway. But I guess she is a baby face. But I think they've done a fantastic job with Mickey. Really, um, really, I really bought into this feud. Really enjoyed this feud. Really enjoyed the match. So, match of the night, possibly 2017. Hang on, we had more Elias yet. Oh, was there more Elias and after this? this was my favourite of the Elias segments. Mm. Because he is... I mean, people can rag on his wrestling. I think he's a perfectly fine and competent wrestler. But like his ability to draw heat from a crowd. Because he starts playing his song and he played it... I think on he played it bad purposefully. Mm-hmm. Like he was really stammering over plucking the strings, and then the crowd just booed and booed and booed more, and they got louder and louder and louder. And then he's just like, "Well, now I've got to start all over again." Boo! Like an even bigger. It was so good. There was a bit I couldn't hear him. Yeah. And then he said, "I can't hear myself, guys. I'm gonna have to start over." And it was like that was how much heat he had. It's like Vicky Guerrero levels yeah, of heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it does stop as soon as the match begins. But the, <laughs> yeah. that little bit was was really, was really good. Yeah. And then Jason Jordan did exactly the same thing again and got more vegetables over. Yep, absolutely. But so, okay, so you want to then talk about... Match uh, of the year candidate, Callisto versus Enzo Amore for the Cruiserweight Championship. Callisto, of course, trying to become the new Cruiserweight Champion. Yep. While still having... The cruiserweight championship, a uh, lot on the line. Very worthy to know. Very worthy to note. Very worth of notes here. No, hang on. Whatever the phrase noteworthy. is. Noteworthy. Thank you very much. Noteworthy in the video package of very little of Neville. Mm. Like they did not put any focus on him whatsoever. They showed him losing the cruiserweight championship, but then would just cut away any time he might be on screen. Bear in mind that he was leading that cruiserweight charge. They just cut all of that stuff out of it. But it did remind me this video package why Enzo was so good mm. in this role and it made me want him to win the match even more there was also something I pointed out to Luke uh, before we started recording something else that was tinkered with in the promo was when uh, the bit where Kurt Angle brings back Callisto or not brings back but introduces him to the Cruiserweight division there's a big crowd pop and I thought that's not how it went down WWE it was a oh look it's Callisto <laughs> well it was a lot of who? Yeah. yeah who's he? Kurt and right, but so this, let me defend this match. Mm. So what happens is Enzo comes out, he's husky because he says he, he celebrated too hard last night and he's, he's lost his voice. I've written here, uh, Jinder Amore. Mm, nice. But he still did cut a promo because he's Enzo Amore, he has to. Uh, but the, so the match was fine, okay? Mm-hmm. It was like, it was just a match. Maybe I just, because I really, really like Enzo, I am willing to forgive a lot of his shortcomings in the ring. Still think he's a great seller. He took a really good bump in the turnbuckle. There was a bit where he just looked like he was dead uh, after Callisto hit him with something. But Nigel, this is the, again the 205 Live Team's commentary. Nigel McGuinness kept on talking about Enzo's ring IQ. So knowing where stuff is and using the ring as a structure to your advantage as a weapon. And even though he might not have the wrestling ability to do it, uh, by accentuating those strengths, Nigel was, um, when he was doing it, 
it did feel like Enzo was outsmarting Kalisto, even though Kalisto was the better wrestler. So Enzo would like trap Kalisto in the in the turnbuckles. It sort of whack the ropes onto Kalisto and the finish was when Enzo pulled the ring apron the the sort of yeah the the dressy part the tarp into the into the ring and the referee was distracted so he put that back and while the referee was distracted Enzo thumbed Kalisto in the eyes it didn't go on too long it had a little nice promo beforehand and I thought this if they build Enzo Enzo's threat as this wily, slippery, ringite, but actually quite smart, using the ring to his advantage character. I thought it. I thought it was good, and it got the belt onto Enzo again. I really enjoyed this match, but I'm I'm willing for everyone to go. You're an idiot. I thought it was a really rubbish, worked match. I thought it was a good match, and it's again credit to the commentary team. Yeah, come was, at me. I thought it was fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But we have Enzo as champion again. Yeah, that, that is the the main thing because um, it's it's funny because a lot of people are just like, oh, Enzo's ruining the cruiserweight division. There's actually wrestling journalists. Brian Alvarez was saying this on mm-hmm. um, the Brian Vinicius. It's like he's he's not a good face for the cruiserweight division because he's got go away heat. But that's just like I think that's just like Brian's personal dislike of him. Where I was like, well, actually, you, the stats say the opposite of mm. that, which is that when Enzo was champion, people were actually watching two five. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, the, the next match was the first affected match, the first card change match, which was Finn Balor, who was originally meant to face Bray Wyatt, Sister Abigail, whoever he's choosing, whatever gender he's choosing, uh, versus... But it was it was changed to AJ Styles. 
Certainly was yeah. big, big match. You know, we were just talking then about the or the start of the this show about the Wrestle Talk magazine. We have a great article in there about yeah. the dream match principle and how WWE have this kind of uh, thing at the moment where they're running out of dream matches. This here really was a dream match of Finn Balor versus AJ Styles, the former leaders of the Bullet Club coming together, and you could tell that this was a dream match for people because they they were chanting, this is awesome, before the bell had even rung. And the thing and, we can't do. Yes, and there were huge chants of too sweet. Not just a small portion of the crowd. Mm. I'd say a, a good half of the audience were doing too sweet. Clap, clap, too sweet. There was a yep. Bullet Club t-shirt in the front row I saw and a few rows behind him was an awesome gentleman holding up the sign SWAFT. What a hero. We assume that's for us, and he hasn't just misspelt the word soft. But, uh, yeah, we got all yeah. the paper in. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, so this match really was, it did feel like Survivor Series had come early, especially <laughs> after that uh, cross-brand promo that ran earlier. But it was the Demon King, Finn Balor, not the Pumpkin King. Yeah. Pumpkin King. The Pumpkin <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just regular old uh, Demon Finn. Yeah. Uh, fun story for you here, folks. My uh, lady partner came out of the bedroom while I was watching this match because she was about to go down to the gym. She's a big fan of Finn Balor. Big, big fan of Finn Balor. Specifically. His abs. The, the torso. Yes, she's yeah. a big fan of his abs. And uh, she sat down and she was like, oh, is that AJ Styles? I said, yes, it is. And he's facing off against your boy Finn Balor. She looked at the screen. She looked at me and said, I don't like that silly makeup. Oh. And then she not makeup. <laughs> He's she... channeling the demon. And then she left. Wrestling isn't stupid. <laughs> you should have yelled as she walked out the door with her headphones on. <laughs> Do well at the gym, but you're wrong. So this, uh, the, the commentary was was kind of good, good at the start, and then it, it got mid. Michael again. Cole had a Bullet Club reference. Did he? He I said understand. he said these two were once leaders of the same faction in ah. New Japan. Oh wow. And uh, they, the, but the, I like the way they put over AJ traveling from South America just the previous night. He could have come back on Friday when they knew it was happening. And they wrestled on Saturday because I guess the South American tour is a big deal for them. They don't do it that much. And they he flew right in for the the match on Sunday night. Which yeah, was, they really, really put that over. Yeah, well done, Styles. And uh, they didn't really. I mean, you would then really good commentary would have then explained that at the end when AJ lost. They would have been like, well, you know, he was, he did have that long flight, but they didn't do that, and they had a nice out. Uh, but this was just a really good wrestling match. Great, really, really, really great. It's probably not that the best they could do, um, but I thought it was really, really great. Considering you know, in the in the the WWE landscape, mm. it was fantastic. It was it was a level above what WWE usually put out. And they were just like two, they're just two awesome wrestlers working really well with each other. They were so crisp and they were so evenly matched. I thought that actually the presentation of both guys was so good. There were a lot of people, when we said that we were predicting that Finn was still going to win, um, nice little rhyming couplet there. Um, a lot of people got in touch with us saying like, yeah, but AJ's going for the WWE Championship, so you want to present mm. him strong. And I was like, yeah, but it's a Raw show, so Finn's got to win because he's staying on Raw, whereas AJ's going over to SmackDown. But I thought they actually did a really good job of protecting AJ in defeat. You're right, they could have had that airplane, you know, the, the travel thing, and that's probably why he lost the match. But they were so evenly matched throughout that I didn't go like, man, AJ looked weak. Mm. There, I wish he had an out. I just thought they were, they were just an evening match. And on this occasion, on this occasion, Finn won. 
But on a different night in a different city, it would have been a different result. Yeah, and that's that's a competitive match. That's yeah. what you want at the end of it. Both men look really strong, even though one guy had to lose clean. Yeah, that's that's, that's really well done wrestling and I don't know why they don't do it more because they can quite clearly do it because they did it here The you said that it was a very good match and it was it was a terrific match but um, it yeah it they've got a few more gears in them oh, yeah. I, I really appreciated that I'm not going to sit back and say well this wasn't the five star match I think they could have had it was really like a four four and a quarter match but that's because this is only the first match with no promotion no storyline going into it and they did the the incredible feat of making me want to see them fight again. Absolutely, mm. exactly. That is exactly what they did. It was so good. It's chapter one. Yeah. And yeah, I I look forward to more encounters with them down the road because Man Alive, they're so good. I've written here in my notes. This is why Finn Balor should be the face of Raw. He's so damn good. But not on no. I I wouldn't put him as the face of Raw right now. If he had, if he was packaged. Now, here's a bit of fantasy booking if you'd indulge me. So you have another match. Survivor Series makes sense because it's a, an, an actual cross-promotion feud. Finn and AJ are having another match, but uh, you, AJ's getting the better this time. And that's when Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson walk down. You're like, who are they going to side with? They were the club with AJ Styles before, but we know there's a Japanese history with Balor. And then they side with Balor. Balor turns heel as part of the, uh, the 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 Balor Club trio, and then he then he's a lot more credible going against Brock Lesnar at Royal Rumble, I guess. And you're actually, you, well, that is uh, you know completely fancy booking, and it, I, I would argue against turning Finn heel at this stage, although mm. he is a very very good heel, as as has been well documented. Raw now that Braun has turned babyface, oh, good... their top heel is the Miz. Mm. That's the that that's their top heel that they have now. And as much as I like the Miz, as much as I think the Miz is great, he's not top heel. He's top mid card heel. Yeah. He's great in that Intercontinental Championship role, but I don't want him in the Universal Championship picture because I don't see him at that level. That's the way that he's been presented over the years. That's you know it's their own booking's fault really. So they need a top heel now that Braun's mm. gone babyface mm. and Finn jumping into that role. I, jumping into that role means he is he's automatically the top guy in on the, the, the heel side of things so actually it would be a, a really good thing for him yeah oh I really hope that happens I didn't quite think of the heel landscape I guess you've got Samoa Joe is waiting somewhere he's a badass monster but he's more of a badass than he is a, a heel yeah uh, same with Brock Lesnar so Finn is an out and out cheating uh, heel with, with a faction yeah that would be that would be a phenomenal uh, act but uh, yeah, it was a great match. There's enough in the tank. Well, loads, like, there's so much potential for future matches. It's like when AJ Styles first took on Randy Orton and they did the phenomenal forearm into an RKO tease, but AJ scouted it. And I was like, well, now I want to see the next match to see how that plays in. So many bits like that. There were so many great spots in that match, though. And an awful line from Booker T. Oh, here we go. When Finn Balor hits the 1916 and Michael Cole and Corey Graves are saying, like, we don't see that move very often. Finn Balor's really going back to the well here. To, to hit this move he actually hit it quite recently in a match and I, the only reason I know that is because Booker T when they hit that when he hit that move said I've never seen that move before guess what he said here tonight he hit that move and he goes I've never seen that move before and I've literally I've underlined in my notes yes you have because I pointed it out the last time you said that oh Booker <laughs> he, uh, although Booker was bad I mean he was bad in the main events but 
he he just like went on a steady decline because it's the next match where mm. he was at his worst. Just a few more bits on this match though. The coup de gras from Banner. <laughs> we watched it again just before we came in here. He hits that. He hits all of that. He hit an actual physical fighting move. He stuck the, he stuck the landing, as yeah. a gymnast would say. Um, the Brian Alvarez and Vinny pointed out on the Brian Vinny show. And I, I, it's a move I'd forgotten about, but it, it really did remind me of it. Uh, back in TNA, uh, I think it was Sanjay that second run he had there, when his finish used to be the moonsault foot stomp. Right, yeah. And every time he did it, because you're doing the flip and then you can't really focus on where you're putting your feet, every single time he was crushing ribs and just like it just looked like the most painful move in the world to take it's the sort of move that if you're a wrestler you're like no mate you're not doing mm. that come up with a different move I'm not taking that in a million years that was what Finn did here like he stuck that landing and just, he just took all of his weight on his stomach mm. oh it looked like it hurt but it was just like the cherry on well the, the thing that came after was a cherry on top but that was just like a very solid ending to an incredibly solid match and then they both did a two sweet at the end of it so cool uh, what a moment yeah. and the crowd popped huge for it and it shows that Bullet Club's reach is far and wide mm. man they just get more and more over the more WWE hate them the more they get yeah, over it's just fuel but it, it, like both guys felt like absolute stars no one looked weak coming out of it and just consider what it would have been if we did get the Bray Wyatt sister Abigail match against Finn Balor here I, of course I don't want Finn Balor I don't want anyone to be ill and it sounds serious as well but just looking at it from a cold wrestling perspective Finn Balor versus sister Abigail the Demon King versus sister Abigail most likely would have been a joke and awkward and they haven't really proven themselves as having chemistry in the past and apart it, from their last match no mercy which i really liked it was okay i, I thought it was pretty good okay uh but that's just like the latest example of finn being stuck at a level but this match just 20 minutes they went 18 minutes just 18 minutes with aj styles and he feels completely right back in there as a key player again when he was everyone was doing the arms up in the air at the end with his music and i was like when was the last time people were genuinely doing this with Finn Balor rather than just a Pavlonian response it's that thing again as well it's like uh, William Regal was pointing this out on Twitter that a lot of people say like you uh, that you can't have a good match unless you have a story going in you can't just have you can't just go in cold mm. and, and have a great match and it's like well these guys proved that you can because there was no story going into this but they still had probably the best match in fact they had the best match of the night just because they're two very very good wrestlers the next match had at least two segments going into it, however, which was Jason Jordan versus Elias. Yep, it's funny because I instantly thought that was the main event. You were about to talk about the main event. Mm. I was like, did it? And then I forgot, oh yeah, this match did happen. I was just kind of talking about it. Um, yeah, Michael Cole at the start of this said, um, these two have had a great rivalry over the last few weeks. And I said, no, they haven't. Elias mm. has been stuck in a feud with Apollo Crews and Titus O'Neil. What are you talking about? They had, yeah. they had a match. They had a six-man tag on Raw, but I'd hardly call that a great rivalry over the last few weeks. I can't wait for the three-DVD box set <laughs> of Jordan and Elias. Oh, the, uh, the this great rival that they've had. Um, yeah, man, this was just like... they, they This had more time than it needed. Mm-hmm. It just went on and on and on. The crowd didn't care. And it's against that WWE mentality of just like, got to have that buffer match in there. Got to bring the crowd down so we can bring them back up again for the main event. And actually, the main event probably would have had been bigger if you'd have just gone from Finn versus AJ having that phenomenal match no pun intended and the crowd really into the ending and then straight into the shield coming back Mm. yeah you've got momentum WWE 
derail the momentum on purpose so the crowd get time to recoup to have more energy for the main event maybe it worked back in the day when you had a divas division but not every pay-per-view needs to be structured like that this was a perfect example where you could have gone from great match into great match imagine if you had Bala versus aj or actually asuka's watch asuka's debut could have been effectively your sorbet match your your refresher match because it would have been two minutes asuka squash everyone gets a great entrance and then into the shield stuff you you leave people on a high a three match high the last hour would have been amazing rather than just here's a bit here's a bit here's some crap in the middle we've intentionally put stuff here to die yeah like what i just don't understand that mindset just make quality throughout particularly when you have booker t on commentary in this mm. match he was all over the show like because they've just got this horrible bickering mentality when it comes to Elias Sampson because Corey hates him absolutely hates him that's clear within his character probably in his personal life as well just doesn't like him doesn't like him as a wrestler thinks his gimmick sucks and then you've got Michael Cole and Booker T who love him so they never focus on the match they just bicker amongst themselves about whether Elias is good or not it's so infuriating and then you couple that with the Jason Jordan thing, because Booker just flip-flops on that as to whether Jason Jordan's good or whether he's been handed opportunities. He can't make his mind up what he wants here. And then you've got Michael Cole and Corey Graves pointing out his hypocrisy of changing his mind and flip-flopping. It is unlistenable garbage. Mm. It's horrible. Yeah, and it continued in the main event. Oh, God, didn't it just? But the main event, let's do this. So uh, all the heels come out. Before they come out, they have a little uh, backstage thing where they're all standing in an awkward line, all facing the camera, and not talking to each other, yeah. just sort of talking into the middle distance. Because, I mean, that's how we have all of our we conversations. Talk. Well, we do, actually, because <laughs> yeah. we, we have to uh, perform to a camera. We're like this all the time around as well. We just walk around at 90 degrees to each other, <laughs> chatting. Do you want a cup of tea, Luke? Never yes, looking at each other yeah, yeah. in the eyes. But Miz goes, and it was just such a weird line that I thought this is going to come back to bite us in the ass. And it was Miz just before he walked out, said something to the effect of, well, you know what happens to rubbish? You take them to the dump or the rubbish tip or the garbage disposal center. Yeah. And I thought... That sounds like we're getting something rubbish later. Sounds I, like I we're thought, getting very gimmicky. Yeah, I thought someone was going to go into a dumpster, Kalisto style. Uh, it was both better and worse. Or it was the long-awaited return of Duke the Dumpster Drosy. Mm. So the heels come out. They each have individual entrances. But then the shield come out. Well, De the Olympic shield. Dean and Seth come out in their shield uh, attire. And they're up in in the crowd. And in a backstage segment earlier in the night, they'd actually offered Kurt the body protector stuff. And I thought, oh, that's a nice bit. But maybe they won't have the weird alternate universe of Kurt Angle where he joined the Shield and debuted in Roman Reigns' spot. But they did. <laughs> they did. And he walked out and he looked so happy this while Seth and Dean are looking as mean, mean as possible. Oh, this is serious. We've got a five on three yeah. handicap TLC match. This is serious business. You've got Dean doing the punching in the face thing. Seth mean. And then you've got goofy Kern Angle. Big Yay! smile. Look at me. Woo! I'm Kurt Angle. May as well have been wearing the cowboy hat from yeah. 2001. Just walking down the ring. The biggest goofy smile on his face. I proper laughed. Well, this has been 11 years in the making. I, like, I don't care. It looks so goofy. But you know what? I do not care. Kurt Angle's my favourite wrestler of all time. I loved it. Okay. I, I just love him 
I was happy for him. Do you know yeah. what? Okay, so here's an interesting thing. I didn't realise this until I went online afterwards because I always ignore Twitter or anything like that mm. until I finished watching the pay-per-view and then I was listening to a couple of uh, wrestling journalists talking about the matches. And I was stunned to hear that people... There are some people who think this is the worst WWE match of 2017 who think it was match. an... Yeah, who think it was... Not an, just main event. Just, uh, just an awful match, an awful main event. It made no sense. It was too gimmicky. It was too stupid. Mm. And... I was like, so I said on Twitter, I was like, are there really people who hated this main event? Because I don't get that at all. And someone got back to me and said, like, yeah, a lot of people are really angry because Kurt Angle didn't have his own entrance and that ruined the match. Mm. Now, as you, the big Kurt Angle mark the eyes, your favorite wrestler of all time, did it deflate your uh, opinions on the match because Kurt Angle didn't get his entrance? I, you know, like, it would have. If this was a height Kurt Angle return, if this had four weeks of story going into it, but I, you know, I gave and I still am giving WWE a lot of leeway for this pay-per-view because they were dealt an awful hand going into it. They had terrible circumstances very late in the day and they they react, they had to react to it. I explained mm-hmm. why I don't necessarily agree how they reacted with it, but I, I totally understand their reasons for doing so. Um... So, I you know, for me, this wasn't Kurt Angle's in-ring return. This no, it didn't, was just, didn't feel like it. Yeah, this was just the the thing. And then we can all kind of like go, that was nice. But then we can all get excited for a singles match later on down the line where he comes out in the singlet to the music. We can all chant, you suck. I was kind of hoping, um, because Kurt Angle is written out for most of the match. He's put through a table by Braun Strowman running Power Slam about... 10 minutes in and then he's not seen again until the last five minutes i was hoping when he ran out uh that he because he did come out to his own entrance music that he would wear the singlet i thought Um, that as well yeah but um no it doesn't that no it's uh this this falls under the leeway section for wwe for me and for me i thought this was a cracking little main event it was exactly what i thought Mm. it was going to be which was just utter carnage um it was uh shout out to uh uh Swaft Nation backer, Patreon backer, uh, I believe it was David McKenzie who said that it was the Fast and Furious of main events, hmm. which is just like sometimes you just, like some things are not done for rhyme or reason. I just want to see the Rock throw a torpedo at a car, yes. and like and I was like that is a perfect way to describe this main event. It was just lots of random carnage hmm. and stuff happens. There were some big high spots, but I'll be honest with you. I think it's more or less plays out how it would have been had Roman Reigns been there. I don't think they changed that much. Outside of taking Kurt Angle out and possibly the dumpster thing. Actually, even then, I don't think the dumpster thing. I think mm. the Braun Strowman babyface turn was always planned throughout. And probably the dumpster thing to, to get rid of Braun. So I think probably the only big spot they changed was Death, uh, C- Dean and Seth. I can't say that. Dean and Seth doing the dives off ladders through tables. Because that was probably meant to be the shield bomb mm. uh, through tables instead. You don't think... Uh, they probably didn't change anything because Roman also has this spot where he walks out for half an hour. No, that's what I, I, and said, I said. And apart from uh, them taking uh, Kurt out, which they wouldn't have done with Roman. Okay, oh, you, oh, they would have done with Roman, <laughs> yeah. I'm saying. They, oh, yeah. uh, so the Fast and Furious, as a Fast and Furious aficionado and lover... Uh, comparison is very interesting and I see where you're coming from but I would disagree because I would say Roman and Braun's matches from before the crazy power spots that is fast and furious this is 
was, you know, it's a mess of a main event. It falls in the leeway thing. So it's just like a really weird, fascinating mess of house show mixed with garbage uh, trucks crushing people alive with cool spots when chairs fall down from the ceiling uh, with a nice baby face turn in there and Kurt Angle chucking Cesaro over his head so high uh, but the the garbage bit, the rubbish truck as we would call it over here uh, was was more that's not Fast and Furious, that's cheesy 90s action movie which is dated and has no place here, especially with stupid comedy sound effects, it looked goofy, I didn't like it, it did really undermine the main event, it didn't ruin it, well, no it did ruin it for me for a degree, uh, because if that wasn't in it, I could have just been like, fine, this is a fun mess of a, a pay-per-view main event, it was a spectacle, but now that you've done that, it's actually kind of harmed a bit of it for me. But I did, I did appreciate it for a spectacle. But I thought that garbage truck spot was absolutely horrendous. I, I, I did disagree. It was goofy and it was comical. But I, I kind of, I kind of got a bit of a kick out of it. Plus, it was a way to take uh, Braun out of the match. Consider, uh, considering after he does his big baby face turn, mm. where he starts beating up the heels, it was kind of a way to remove Braun out of the match. And then it obviously gives people like Miz, the Bar, and Kane their out for losing because they were beaten up by one of their own guys that they then had to take care of and then that led to the big schmoz of everyone of, of Kangol returning at the end so it kind of gives these guys an out for losing 5 on 3 sure I'm, I'm just going to book it better right off the fly just yeah. come to me so you do I, because I really like the spot where Kane chokeslams Strowman through the stage and then he pulls in the, the stage had a load of ladders had a load of chairs and it had strings of chairs dangling from the ceiling about four uh, like sort of waterfall effects things and Kane yanked one down, and they all fell on Braun. It looked wicked. I'd never seen anything like that before. It was They've really done that spot innovative. Before. Oh, have they? Yeah. Well, it was really innovative. I, for me, it was new. I'm like Booker <laughs> T. I've never seen it before. Uh, so Braun's down. So heels and baby faces are fighting. Um, uh, Braun comes down. He takes out Dean and Seth, and then he takes out all the heels and walks away. Mm, yeah. Like, why do you have to do this stupid garbage? With, the sound effects were so bad the crowd was chanting this is murder it was so zany anyway it was like the it was a good manageable level of zany and as soon as that truck spot came into it which was really poorly set up as well the only foreshadowing in the entire feud was Miz's line just before they walked out there was no mentions of that beforehand mm -hmm. it was all built around the, the triple powerbomb and Miz and the bar doing the triple powerbomb shield bomb please. shield shield bomb yeah uh, so yeah, I, I yeah I did. Um, I thought it was a fascinating mess. I'm not going to say I hated all of it. It was just really that specific moment, but hmm. it did undermine the rest. I mean, I'm pretty sure that Braun is fine because he was on his little uh, communicator to R2D2 and C3PO to shut down all the garbage compactor level, uh, levels in the garbage center. Nice. I thought he was. I think he'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I thought a lot of this was was pretty good, apart from Booker T's commentary, which I thought was awful. Mm. Um, there was um, Japanese tables throughout this, uh, just tables refusing to break all over yeah. the show. It was an awful uh, double crucifix powerbomb to Dean, and it just looked whole. I mean, it was only Dean the tables were not selling for. They, it was like uh, the Brock Lesnar WrestleMania <laughs> match. They were, yeah. I mean that that crucifix powerbomb was pretty horrendous, and then Braun tried to put him through it, and that didn't really work mm. either. That, that table was made out of like lead, I think. It just wouldn't work. Um, but Kane, I thought, looked really great as well. I thought Kane looked. Like kind of great throughout. They've got to do the the push through the barricade thing. Now, what the, the funniest moment for me 
the bit that kind of made me like scream at my TV, again alluding to awful commentary, was when they'd taken out the bar because they'd given him an Olympic slam. Um, is it back to the Olympic slam now? Is the oh, ang- it was the angle slam in TNA. So yeah. the Olympic slam to uh, Sheamus on the ramp, which looked like it sucked. Mm. And then you gave one to Cesaro through a table, which looked like it was much better to take because you've mm-hmm. got the table to break your fall. Unless you're Dean Ambrose. Unless you're Dean Ambrose. Um, and then you push Kane through the, the barricade doing the Roman Reigns favorite spots. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Miz alone in the ring. And he's there alone in the ring. And then they're like, let's surround the ring. And they get up on the three sides. And Michael Cole goes, Miz has got nowhere to go. Yeah. And I was like, yes, he has, you adult. There's four sides to the ring. It's called the squared circle. And it's not only that, it's the side that has the ramp. It has the exit. Mm. So that was uh, ridiculous commentary. It was it was Booker T as well, just just yelling. And I kind of agreed with Booker T at points. And I hated myself for doing so. Where Booker T's thing was was shouting at Kurt Angle for making this match and putting him in it. Like, well, this, you know, you booked a five-on-three match. This is kind of your fault, even as he's get carted out. But I just... Booker T was the worst. He was really, really bad. Mm. But, you know, uh, zanius aside, you know, I I appreciate what you're saying about the the dump truck. It didn't really bother me that much, mainly because there was just some guy stood next to it in, like, jeans and a T-shirt. It was like, are we done? Okay, I'm just going to go and drive it It might be my new favourite non-character in Mm. WWE. I also was half expecting... um, I I almost don't write in my notes. Guarantee you that if you load up WWE 2K18, there will be Kurt Angle in Shield Gear as a downloadable character from the community creations. I went in there and I was disappointed to find that there wasn't. What are you doing, Swamp Nation? (laughs) Get on it right now. I was very disappointed. But um, and and hopefully Garbage Truck Guy as well. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because I will download. Garbage Truck Guy. Garbage Truck Guy. So yeah, I thought it was a very fun match. It was. It's just a shame they. The whole thing was built around the Shield reunion, and that was the only story they couldn't tell. Yes. So it's just you know WWE got a lot of leeway. So uh, vote in the poll above our head to see what you thought of the. Uh, no, uh, don't oh, because yeah. I've got that on my about. I was four about to say, review. what are you doing? I don't know. I just I just went into Raw versus SmackDown mode. So what was yeah? What would you give it out of five? Um, I gave I, it a low four out of five. A low four because I, I you asked me mm. when, uh, when I got into the studio. I just said it was a high average or a low core, and yeah. I think with. Because I really enjoyed, actually, I enjoyed a lot of this. I really enjoyed the Asuka match. Really enjoyed, well, you know, despite from some of the the booking issues that I've got. As a as an isolated match, I thought it was. I really much enjoyed it. If you just sort of take out mm. all the other stuff around it, enjoyed that. Uh, and really enjoyed the Cruiserweight match. Really enjoyed the Mickey James uh, Alexa Bliss uh, Alexa Bliss match. You love a spank. Uh, and Enzo is champ again. That's always good. Finn AJ was great. Elias and um, Jason Jordan was about the only dud on mm. the show, and I really enjoyed the main event. So I think I'm going to go low core. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what I went for. Like I said, WWE gets so much leeway from from me for this specific thing because well, terrible be, circumstance. It appears that they can put on a better show when everything goes wrong and all of their plans go to waste. No, what they effectively did is do the thing we're not allowed to do in fantasy booking warfare where we could just say, yeah, CM Punk returns. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Angle returns. We'll fi- how, how are we going to fix this bad storyline with Sister Abigail and Bray, um, Bray Wyatt? Uh, Kurt Angle returns yeah. and AJ Styles in a Bullet Club leader match. <laughs> That's all they've done. They, this isn't yeah. good booking. Although it, they did miss the opportunity to put uh, our truth in the main event, because let's be honest, that would have been an adequate what replacement. The people want. <laughs>
A very solid pay-per-view, I felt, and a very solid episode of the Wrestle Ramble. I thought it was was middling, both of them. I thought <laughs> the podcast was middling. I thought, you know, I mean, we just said all this. The pay-per-view, it just, it's like mitigating circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was a solid pay-per-view, well, but it was, it was, you know, they did it. I'm so gonna, well done. I'm changing my mind ever so slightly, just to, to pull back the curtain mm. a little bit. When we record the Wrestle Ramble, we record the, the video version of it, then we step out and we edit that together, and then while that's exporting, come back in here to record the, the, the podcast up. During that time, you might go off and do, uh, well, post up the news or mm. what have you. But during that period, while I was editing, you... Uh, grabbed up the image of Kurt Angle making his entrance uh, along with the shield with his big goofy grin on his face Brilliant and we'd, we'd just laughed about it in the video version but it was even funnier looking mm. at it again and all of a sudden I was like no nope, the show's in awe it's just what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding what? <laughs> but it was worth it watching again just for that moment yeah it was great well we went quite long on the intro so we're going to uh, go straight into the reviews here fake diesel underscore Right, so just just Fake Diesel underscore. Didn't go for a number, not an exclamation mark. Fake Diesel was obviously taken. Mm-hmm. And he cleverly walked around it by mm. not putting a number on there, but just putting a little bit of punctuation. I hate underscores or hyphens or anything like that in email addresses. My old email address used yeah. to have one. It was an absolute bloody nightmare. Yeah. I wish I'd never put it in there. You're an imbecile. They write simply the best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm, Ollie and Luke are very good at two things mm, 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 Rambling and being very funny mm, mm, The crap gimmicks are a great idea Keep it up Yeah, yeah lovely stuff Cheers, Good fake diesel. diesel Also, Underscore. big props to the uh, the iTunes name Well done To the what name? To Fake Diesel? Yeah, Fake Diesel It's, just a, it's, a, it's a great moment in yeah. WWF history uh, I was watching. For all the wrong reasons. I jumped onto the WWE Network the other day, and Legends with JBL, the sadly cancelled show, was well, playing. I mean, if you ask JBL, it's sadly cancelled. Well, I, I thought it was a good show. Uh, yeah, but it was. I would prefer it just be Legends without <laughs> JBL, and then two people can just tell stories by themselves. Yeah, without. but the, I I lost all favour with that show when they did the episode with the Road Dog, and they just sat there and stone faced pretended. That Daniel Bryan's push was uh, intentional, mm. and him losing all the time was was just part of the story, man. Like we were just building up to that big WrestleMania moment. Bollocks, were you? Absolute bollocks, were you? Road Dogs are booking genius, man. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, so the but the one I, I chanced upon was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and they're just talking about that moment with Fake Diesel, and they're backstage, and that you know it was like Raw was pre-taped back then, and they're talking about watching the monitor. When Raw is playing out with Night, uh, when Nitro was on at the same time, and they're advertising Diesel and Razor Ramon throughout the show, and Eric Bischoff is looking at them, going, "What's going on?" <laughs> and Kevin, I, said, I don't know what's going on. I'm right here. <laughs> but there was just so much uh, backstage confusion. What a ridiculous way to do something. It was so funny. Yeah. So uh, made J- it made Jr. look like an absolute fool as well because he was yeah. the only one trumpeting it. Yeah. Where he was healed, JR. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, Boomage89, no underscore, writes awesome stuff. I started listening to Wrestle Talk a few months ago and find your work very entertaining and informative. Love the new shows, Five Things, and your podcast. I cannot get throughout the day 
cannot get through the day without catching up with you. Brilliant work, Ollie and Luke. You deserve. You guys deserve the cheap pops. And uh, all the best. Keep it up. I read that. That was a terribly read. Boomage eighty nine. I'm sorry. Boomage eighty nine. Well, cheers, love Boomage eighty nine. But Boomage eighty nine did say we deserve cheap pops. So. Oh, you're gonna give ourselves a little cheap pop. That's all we've got time for today. We'll see you on the Raw and SmackDown review show. Let's see what happens with Kevin Owens not being around. Maybe he might miss this week's SmackDown and the fallout to TLC. Love you. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.